Hello, and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. I'm Alyssa, and welcome back to episode 2.6, the sixth episode of season two. I'm kind of into how we did this numbering a lot. Yeah, but it makes it look like we had like an incredible first season, and first now we're only going to have like of 59 episodes, <laughs> and now it'll be like cut down to 20. Right? <laughs> Surprise! I don't think we've actually announced that yet. Oh, well, there it is. There it is. Whoop, there it is. You know that song? Yes. That's every time. I have a lot of musical references that go on in my head when I say different things. I mean, I really don't think anybody was dying to know how many episodes we were going to put out. But but you know what? It's out there now. It's out, it's out there. there. Um. Well, before I get too weird, um, let's intro today's guest. Are you sure? I'm still going to get weird either way. Do but we have to? Yeah, we have to intro him. I don't like oh sabrina i'm kidding i almost choked on my orange it's fine um well today we have a very special guest with us i said i wasn't gonna do this for a long time but we're doing it now i would like to introduce my boyfriend scott bickle welcome to the show hello (laughs) you don't hate me that's not nice no that's not nice at all you love him you're bickle rick (laughs) (laughs) on the day that he that rick and morty's coming back we're recording today on november 10th Mm -hmm. and it's the day that season five season four of rick and morty is coming out and i am more than excited our roommate kelsey is (laughs) she's she's, very into it oh my god she's obsessed she's so ready for it (laughs) i've never been more excited for her in my life than today Mm -hmm. getting to watch this but let's start today's episode off right let's do it it's what's your struggle <laughs> oh yeah All that's right. right that's right um i could start you can start okay. um should we explain to him what your struggle is oh yeah that's right sure. <laughs> sorry sure. what's your struggle is our opening segment that we started for season two it's just talking about what was your fucking struggle this week mm-hmm. whatever it may be the first one that pops into your head okay. you gotta tell us We'll let Sabrina start it off. All right. So my struggle this week is that the weather finally did its transition from Ooh, yeah. mild to like terrible. Um, so because it's one. cold and because it's dry, my hands are like cracking and they're bleeding. Oh, on your knuckles? Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That's the yeah. absolute worst. Uh-huh. It's very uncomfortable. And Same. I need to buy like a big bottle of lotion now because I don't have enough. I definitely don't have enough. I <laughs> bought a bottle of lotion like two months ago and it's already halfway gone because of how bad it is. It's so bad. Is this just what happens when you get old? This never happened when I was younger. I can't tell you. Are you asking me? I'm. I am asking everybody, but that was directed towards you. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm not older than you, so I can't tell you. I'll he never is. be able to tell you. This is what happens. Yes. Is this what happens at 31? <laughs> uh-huh, right at 31. First day. <laughs> it's just like the day you turn 31. Bam! It all hits you. All the back, the yeah. hands Look cracking. At my hands. It's like the clock strikes midnight and you like crinkle up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it happens like that. Well, how often 12.02. How often do I say my back hurts to you? Like oh, every, day. every single day. <laughs> shit, I say that up. now. Okay. All I right. say that shit now. So Yeah, but it's a different kind of pain. It's not that like, you know what I mean? I have no clue what you meant. <laughs> you know what that. I mean, Scott. Yeah, it's a, it's a forever thing. It's a, you're like, this pain is <laughs> this never going to go now. away. <laughs> this is me. 
This is getting depressing. Alyssa, what's your struggle? Why is it my struggle first? Why isn't it his struggle? (laughs) I didn't know if he had thought of one yet. He's the guest. I know. I will. Wow. I'm all over the place today. Um, My struggle. Like piggybacks off yours with this cold weather. I had to finally break out my winter coat. And it's like when I do that, I have to like actually morally accept that winter is here. Not that I don't like it, but it's not going to end until April. And it really bothers me. And not only that, it's now dark at 4 p.m. You know what, though? This year, I don't know. When it when it got cold, I was like, all right. Were you ready finally. for it? Really? Like, I wasn't exactly ready for it, but I just knew it, it was time for it to come. Like, I, I was tired of it being super duper warm. I, I get it in the sense of that. But when it gets dark at 4 o'clock the afternoon, like when we leave the studio today, it's going right. to be pitch black. It's a little depressing sometimes. So depressing. Sure. I just want to crawl into a hole and sleep and never come out of it. <laughs> well. We do have that option today when we get done here. So for the most part, for but the you most know, part. it still sucks. I still have to get home. I still have to go there. <sighs> I just want to be there already. I'm done. Damn. All know. right. We... Okay. It's been a long weekend of drinking. It has. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's like, it's yeah. been a lot of drinking and I'm ready to not. Yeah. And that is a sentence that rarely comes out of my mouth. Listen, you guys have been going since Friday. I have not been. I know. Friday was a lot. We went to Batsu for your birthday. Yes, we did. That was a great time. We bought a huge <laughs> bottle of sake that mm-hmm. annihilated me personally. Right. It was a rough time. It was good. It was really funny. Uh and interesting. We've never been to anything like that before. No, a <laughs> Japanese game show. I don't think so. Uh-huh. Um no. Yeah, obviously not. It's a Japanese game show, and we are in America. <laughs> oh, okay, I forgot. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, Scott. Well, what's Scott, your you struggle? Sure. Um, my struggle this week, I guess, was getting used to the idea of having a birthday week. Um, I've always just done one. You're looking at me weird. It'll make sense. <laughs> Bear with what? me. Bear with me. It'll make sense. Uh, <laughs> Continue. Uh as you know, I don't normally really celebrate for myself too much. I'm a kind of an introvert with that kind of thing. And this past week, I haven't really had a choice but to keep celebrating just because of all the people I have around me that want to celebrate. So I've been getting used to that. Um, this is supposed to be a struggle? <laughs> Wait, are you telling me that you're struggling with the fact that you have so many people that well, love wow. and care about you? <laughs> There's so many people, Scott, who love you and want to celebrate <laughs> your day of birth. Okay, all right. And all right. celebrate so, that you're alive. I get it. I get it. I get what he's trying to get I at, I do, though. too. I'm just giving him like, shit. It's a mild struggle. If you're if, if you're used to just one thing, because it can be a lot. It can be. A lot be. of crap for... And I, like, get this way when it's other people's birthdays, when, like... We have dinner on Tuesday, and we have yeah. a happy hour on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then we're going out Friday, and then we're going to the beach on Saturday. Like, that's hey, a lot what of are you shit. trying to say? Okay, that listen. was my birthday two years ago. Listen. And it wasn't by choice. One was with work. Oh, my God. One was my actual day, and then we all just decided to go to the beach that day. Did I say your birthday? No, but that's exactly oh, what happened my on my birthday God. two years ago. <laughs> I'm just saying it, it can be a lot. And especially when you're not the one in control. True. You know, right. you're like. <sighs> I think that's the big part of it. And, you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm not grateful. Um, it's just new. You know, and that's a challenge. You're like mentally exhausted yeah. from it because yeah. you're so introverted. Right. I mean, change is always hard. It doesn't matter what kind of change it is. If it's mm-hmm. something you're not used to, well, you still have to change the whole way that you react to the situation. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> Um, well, 
That was a struggle to get through, let me tell you. Uh-huh. Um, but let's get into today's topics, questions. Um, we, I mean, okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we wanted to bring you on because not only do I think you have an interesting story, but there's a lot of other people I feel like have a similar story that you do. And we want to bring that story to life and have you tell it to, to people out there. Okay. You know the questions. You know what this is about already. I've sent you the outline. Okay. Hit me with it. <laughs> um, well, why don't you tell us who you are? I know who you are, but they don't know who you are. So tell us who you are and what do you do? Well, my name is Scott. And yes, I am Alyssa's Hi, boyfriend. <laughs> why do you have to put that title with it? Why? I'm just kidding. That's how you introduce me. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it consistent. Hey, 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 hey. Focus. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I've been in New York for about five years now. Currently, I am the director of negotiations for a financial consulting services company. Director. <laughs> That's right. Um, one of the things we specialize in is uh, debt settlement for clients going through financial hardships across the country. So it's good work. Uh, it's fun. Um, yeah. Debt is fun. I mean, for him. <laughs> <laughs> It's not fun. No, it's not. It's definitely not fun. We know that. Um, I feel like a lot of people out there don't know that these type of companies exist other than like consolidation loan companies. Yeah. Um, No one really talks about it. You know, for the most part, the industry itself is kind of a, it's not necessarily something to really bring into the mainstream, I suppose. You know, most, right. you know, we deal with banks and, and clients that are going through tough times, unfortunately. So you know, that's kind of something a bank wouldn't really necessarily bring up to anybody. And, you know, kind of, of course not, you know, so the, the enjoyment comes out of, you know, being able to help people and have to be able to advocate for people, I suppose, um, in situations where they wouldn't be able to, because they have no idea that something like this is even possible. I had no idea about it until I met you. Mm-hmm. And you were, the, I remember the first time you were explaining to me your job and I was like, you mean to tell me there is people out there that can negotiate my debt on my behalf. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, you know, all sorts of people. Um, I don't know if you want to talk in like money, but you know, any kind of debt load, you know, people have some crazy stuff going on out there. Wait, okay. Are you, you might not be allowed to answer this question, but what is like the best negotiation you've made? Like Ooh. you negotiated like a hundred thousand dollars of debt to like 50,000, <laughs> like um, a big jump. I'm curious. Are you allowed to even talk about that information? It's okay if you can't. I don't know if I would get into the dollar amounts, but I mean, can we get a percentage? Uh, sure. Like five percent of a balance before. Sometimes you can get the balance completely forgiven. What? Yeah. I've been taking my credit card bills <laughs> wrong. It depends on the bank and you know the situation right. and what kind of. Uh, wow, you got it down to five percent of the overall. Right. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, it depends on what kind of product it is, right? So you have like personal loans, credit cards. Those mm. are all different. And they all think about those in different ways and try to, you know, they'll try to collect in a different way as well. Like if it's a personal loan, they might have more of a stake in it. So they want like the full balance. They want like the interest with it. They want all of the extra Mm -hmm. fees that Mm -hmm. are attached to it. Yeah. But, you know, with a credit card, I mean, how many offers for credit cards do you guys get in the mail? All all the time. All the time. And it's unsolicited, but, you know, they don't care because they're just giving them out like candy and just hoping people mess up. You know, once you get people paying interest... That's what they want. Well, that's how the banks actually make money mm-hmm. is yeah. from interest. They don't make it from you giving them business of just a checking or a savings account. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. only way they can actually make their money is taking it from others. Right. Literally. <laughs> this is sounding kind of anti-banking right now. but A little bit. <laughs> Anti-establishment. Sure, sure. Okay. Anti-establishment. Anarchy. What? 
<laughs> Slightly. Continue. Um, but one of the really cool things is you recently got this big promotion to be director, and yes, you're now managing a lot more people than what you're normally used to. How mm-hmm. many people are on your team? Um, at this point, for my department alone, it's about 20 people. That's a lot. Yeah. Managing um, 20 different people. And it's been really quick growth why did, as well. I, why did I think it was... I thought it was like 10. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's been pretty quick as well. I started last year and the negotiations department was this room, basically. And it was like four people. Like we had, you know, some people just yeah. touching shoulders, basically. And Oh, it like quintupled. Yeah. It's you... been... <laughs> <laughs> sure. That's really a good phrase there. That's a good word to use. Absolutely. That's fine. Quintupled. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't triple. It didn't quadruple it quintupled you know that math checks out that's good maybe i should all out maybe i should be a debt negotiator (laughs) wow i don't think that's how that works that's not how that works. please continue (laughs) um yeah so it's been a really quick kind of growth with the company i suppose um which is all good signs you know um which kind of shows that they know what they're doing i suppose and everybody's kind of has the same sort of goal, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the industry is certainly there, and there's never going to be a shortage of people in America that need that kind of help, I believe, at least, for the foreseeable future, at least. Everybody's got a credit card. Yeah. Anybody Listen, that I know has a credit card. And if they're just handing out these cards and people are just getting them and not understanding how to use them. they don't. I mean, I was never taught that in school. How to yeah. handle, like... I mean, no one they, teaches you that. They maybe spent a day on, like, what a checking account is and who invented it. And how to write a check. <laughs> I remember learning how to write a check specifically. Uh-huh. And that's it. Yeah. Yo, yeah. I don't even think my school taught me that. Really? Well, we didn't have home ec. Um, we had a class in math, and it came up, and someone was like, how do you write a check? And that's how we learned. <laughs> right. And, you know, that continues outside of school, and people get into their 30s and 40s and still have no idea. I mean, because they just don't have somebody to show them. And that's a lot of clients we have. Right. I mean, it's just a lot of people who, they almost want to live a certain lifestyle. So they just mm-hmm. take credit card after credit card and mm-hmm. charge them all up and get to this point where they can't control it. Or there's the other side of it where, and this is what I see in a lot of my friends, because I've seen people do this where kind of life happens and you don't have the funds to help it right away if like medical issues come up or emergencies things like that and they're expensive and sometimes you do have to put those payments down definitely and And those are even worse that's a very common kind of thing that we deal with you know medical issues um somebody on the job gets hurt maybe and you know their employer doesn't cover workers comp you have a twenty thousand dollar medical bill and boom they're done you know you have you have four dependents in the house you have Mm -hmm. maybe uh someone else that isn't working as well and that's a huge stress, and it just takes one minor occurrence and mm-hmm. that throws you completely off track. And then it's a like a slippery slope from there, mm-hmm. you know. I have a question. Um, do you de- <laughs> do you deal? You probably already said this, and I pro- it probably went right over my head. But you said you deal with like corporations, yeah, like businesses. But do you also deal with like individual people? Um, no, so it's only like major banks, um, or like a collection agency or, uh, they have collection like law firms as well. Co- yes. oh, okay. Cause collection I was, uh-huh. I was going to ask you, you know, if you were seeing like an influx of younger people, um, coming well, to you, you for- get, you get mm-hmm. the accounts that come in, like their demographics, um, it's, right? You know, it's actually kind of, I would say it's not the norm. It's a little bit rare to have somebody around, you know, in their twenties in a program like ours because, you know, most of them, they will have student loan debt. 
but that's uh, something we never touch. You know, most okay. of that's like federally backed, and you can't do anything with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and student loans are that. tricky. And the reason why I'm asking is because um, I only got to read like a little bit of it, but there's a growing number of like 25 year olds, like mid 20s, of people yes. who are actually declaring bankruptcy. Yes, we discussed this, and it keeps rising. And in the last year over year, it's risen by over 50 percent. Right. of millennials declaring bankruptcy yeah that's crazy and you know it's a it's a result of a few different things one is certainly having 10 credit card offers in the mail as soon as you get out of high school mm-hmm. the other one is um just not being financially literate either not being taught how to be that way and just yeah mm-hmm. and also not being able to find a good paying job as well um depending on your education of course if you went to like an ivy league school you're probably fine but if you're in the general doing doing your thing anywhere else you need like five years experience to get any kind of position somewhere. And it doesn't help that the cost of living keeps increasing. It right? keeps mm-hmm. getting more expensive. And so you feel you like you can afford it. You know what else I saw? Um, again, I didn't get to fully read the article, but it said that nowhere in the U.S. does minimum wage pay for rent. No, it doesn't. Right. Not at all. For like a single person. Yeah, that's insane to me. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, they keep having to raise the minimum wage. At least in New York, they've been on this new program where every year it's getting raised. It goes I up a little bit each year. And I think it's through like 2022, but mm-hmm. they came, basically they came out, the CD in New York had a publication saying that the minimum wage didn't pay New York rent. And it started this huge movement to get minimum wages increased in the state of New York. What's qualified as New York rent, do you know? I, how, do you, I, how do you qualify I that? I think they look at like the housing projects and like how much those cost and okay. if somebody can't actually afford one of those there's got to be like right. some average i don't know the specific average you can't use like the upper east side or something no, like that. no. That's, like, that's you just ridiculous. definitely yeah. can't use that but maybe i don't know maybe they take a little bit from each borough they might something average left. it out or something like maybe that, yeah. but i mean there's still those certain boroughs that you know like you got to be making bank, like, six figures right. to live in. Oh, it's rough. Like, the farther you go to Lexington or towards Central Park, the more expensive that it is. Yeah. People don't realize that. And it's, like, just out of reach expensive. Like, man, I can't. Oh, it's like, stupid. I'm that person. I have to be an astronaut to live there. <laughs> I have to be an astronaut. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, on that note, <laughs> the co- I don't know why this makes me think of going into this question, but the cost of living is just so expensive. It's you came from. It's skyrocketing. It's, That's why. Astronaut, get it? Oh my god! Uh, I want to throw something. What um, the hell? That was a interesting. That was very well thought out. That was very smart, and he thought of that on the fly. I give you credit, sir. Thank you. Wow, <laughs> I I have no words. Um, you know what but, that was? Hmm. That was cheesy. You're saying that because he's from Wisconsin. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> You're so proud of yourself on that one. You were so That's proud of yourself. Joke of the I year. sure am. Um, but on that note, you moved from Wisconsin over here five years ago. I'm sure the cost of living between each state is two totally separate things. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were there last year, <laughs> right. and just going and getting a dinner <laughs> is under fifty dollars with drinks. Yeah, that's crazy. We we look at the check. We're like, is this real? <laughs> like we, we have almost to get have somebody. like a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. um, but what? kind of prompted that decision to move from Wisconsin to New York because you also came here knowing one person. Sure. So it's it's kind of strange to get into, I guess. So it started because, well, about five years ago, I have a, a good friend of mine who I met online. His name is Dimitri. Um, he'd probably be fine me saying his name. 
Uh, maybe not. But anyways. So. If anything, we can always bleep it out. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I met this man online. and uh, How did you meet him online, though? Let's let's so, talk uh, about this first because that could sound real creepy. Of course. Yes. That you're my boyfriend yeah, and you're meeting other men on the internet. Yeah, I guess that was a weird way to say that. <laughs> so, you know, I like to play video games online. I was a kind of a nerd back then while I still am. But uh, we would play online games and you would meet people, of course. And this was not really normal back then. It's pretty normal now to kind of be like a gamer i suppose mm-hmm. which back then my parents were always like please go outside <laughs> <laughs> please go outside. Please. outside you need the sun you but, need the uh, sun so you know that would be kind of my life because i you know i didn't really get along with a lot of people in school i guess to a certain point so mm-hmm. from maybe like middle school and on to high school i just kind of drifted off into internet land basically I internet guess I land okay mm-hmm. so i met a, a few good friends um and over time you know uh it came about five years ago he he mentioned that there was you know an opportunity here in new york city um to interview as a negotiator um, for a large company basically um and i was kind of i was back home i was i think um maybe 24 i suppose um and i was making glasses in a lab at a an optical uh retailer mm-hmm. and that was pretty fun you're looking at me yeah, he made his own glasses he's wearing. I'm like sitting yes, here like, how did that happen? <laughs> um, it's it's always like a who you know kind of thing, right? So I always would find somebody like, you know, we're hiring here. Oh, maybe I'll try that out. Um, I didn't and really... you just got that job. <clears throat> it's mm-hmm. like... You're talking about the, the glasses? Yeah. Like <laughs> That's what experience. he's going back on. I mean, it was it's one of those entry level kind of things that you can teach somebody as long as they're willing to learn. So I went into okay. the, I went into a lab and they showed you all the machinery and all this stuff, and I'm like, this is pretty cool, man. So hey, there you go, out there, listeners. If you're looking for an interesting job change, you can make glasses. It's fun. I mean, and I could, you know, I didn't have to talk to people. I could play music and just work on stuff with my hands. I missed that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was doing that for a little bit. It was fun, but. You know, I kind of didn't feel like I was really going anywhere, I suppose. Mm. Uh, It got a little stagnant. So it came to be about five years ago. He messaged me online, you know, that opportunity. And so I said, whatever, I'm going to I'm going to do it. So I had to quit my job. Um, They you know, I was very honest with them and they were great with me. But it's a weird conversation. Like, I'm going to go to New York and just I have to go. (laughs) I have to go and do it. (laughs) I'm leaving. Um, So I, you know, they didn't really guarantee that I'd have a job when I came back. So I was like, all right, I guess this is it. So then I just quit. And I, um, the interview process started real soon. So I had to get on a train, basically, because I couldn't afford a plane. Oh, yeah. you. I remember you you took the Amtrak. I couldn't afford a plane ticket because it was so short notice. So I took the Amtrak. How long was that? (sighs) Man, that was a full day. It's about a 24-hour uh, train ride. Hard wow. no. Yeah. Hard no from me. I, and that's, you know, eating sandwiches out of plastic bags that were, like, prepackaged. It's oh weird. My it's God. Gross. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I could picture him. He's, like, rough. going on a little adventure with, like, yeah. his suitcases and his lunchbox. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I don't know if you saw the picture of me, like, getting on the Amtrak that day. I oh, think, I have I it. I think my brother showed you. Uh, yep. And I, I have it. And there's probably a look of, uh, like, a, oh, shit, what am I doing kind of face. Yeah. Uh, well, that's when it becomes real, mm-hmm. right? That's when right. you kind of have that moment. You're like, I'm actually changing my mm-hmm. entire life. Yeah. And so I got on the train with that interview in mind. And I also lined up a different interview with another optical in Staten Island for the same day. So I did two interviews. Um, and, you know, that's quitting my job and having no guarantees. And just right. And kind of hoping that for the best. But that's what a lot of people do when they come here. They mm-hmm. kind of go on that hope and that whim of getting a job. You did that, Sabrina. I did that. <sighs> yeah, I did that. You that went around good. from gym to gym. 
I, right. Yep. I hustled. It you hustled. literally passed out your resume. I like hand like I handed people resumes and they were like, um, we do applications online. Like I got a lot of that <laughs> and I was like, just take my resume, yo. <laughs> like I'm here. Mm-hmm. I respect that. Um but yeah, I mean that's a huge change. Yeah, and um so I actually got the offer at the uh the optical place like the next day. Um and the negotiator won the same as well and I was torn between the two choices. Um even though I didn't really like Staten Island too much, so that kind of made it an easy bet. It's also a longer commute <laughs> and the Staten Island ferry would be it, something you have it's to take. It's crazy to get out there. So I was not going to do that. And I was like, you know, I came to New York. I want to be in New York. I don't know, it's not like really the city feel to me, I guess. You know, this company was like near Wall Street. So like that's dope. And I'm from Wisconsin. So and it's I'm cool. from Wisconsin. <laughs> so let's do it all the way. So that's, I guess, what my mentality was. And it just seemed like maybe a better fit, I guess. It it had, like, more opportunity, you know? Um, that's what it's about. Right. And, you know, if I can make money by smooth-talking people, I'm all I'm all for it. Oh, you're yeah. set. That's what you love Absolutely. doing. How would you say, after you moved, that those relationships with those friends changed? Because, I mean, we all three of us are not from here we all have hometown friends that we love to go and see, but it's obviously those numbers shrink. I see almost every year my mm-hmm. number of people shrink. Mm-hmm. It's just so hard to stay in contact with them when you your life is so separated. You have two totally different lifestyles. Right. Um, it's it's funny because it took time to get to where it is, and it got, as you said, it kind of dwindles down each year. So for the, fi- the past five years, I've really only gone back for uh, Thanksgiving um and you know the first year i was gone i came back it must have been a party of like 30 people it was like oh man scott's back he's still doing his thing out there in new york and then you know the next year it's like like 15 people maybe in a different bar no one's really having a good time <laughs> next year it's like 10 people and now you know where i'm at it's like a solid handful of maybe like two or three people that you know you as you go as time goes by you guess you find the people that uh kind of stick around and put in the effort as well it's kind of sad how it happens a little bit and i don't know it's it's for the best though you know it is um if people don't want to make the the effort i suppose and if you can't you know be gone and pick it right back up where you left it and it's like you were never away from that person then i guess it's just not really true friendship to me no 100 percent. if you can't just pick up exactly where you left off that's not the type of friend mm-hmm. you want anyways. It, it kind of brings in that superficial value. What would you say? I would say that that is correct. I mean, have you like <laughs> lost friends since you've like some of your hometown friends since you've moved? Um, let me really think. Yeah. Like to a certain hard, degree, to, to a certain degree. It's not hard necessarily because... like lost them. Like they're not, they don't have to be like completely out of your life, but Whatever that level of friendship was at, at one point in time. I mean, it's hard to say like since New York because I started to feel that when I went away to college and everybody kind of mm. went their own separate ways in college. And I mean, there are those certain people that I have at home that I contact every time I'm home or, you know, I have my certain friends that I keep right. up with. I know that I know that they care about me and they know that I care about them, but we don't talk every day. Mm. But like, Yeah my my circle decreased well it's hard to even talk every day with some people you know and that's the thing there's people that understand the difference and how it is now so i have a those few people i do stick around with they understand you know you're in new york man you know you're doing your thing it's not the same we don't have the same kind of relationship 
it's different. It's not necessarily worse. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, impactful, I guess. But yeah. it's just, that's just how it is. You know, they're, they're good friends because they understand that this was what I wanted to do. You know, I mm-hmm. wanted to come out here and, and see what I could do. And it's, those are your real friends because yep. they're, they're still supporting you. And it's also you're, you're on two different lifestyle paces, right? We live here where everything is go, go, go. It's so fast. It's right. never not moving. And anywhere outside of New York, time can actually stop. And you have moments <laughs> like we say it all the time. Like when we leave New York, we always want to come back within like 24 to 48 hours because everything is so slow. It's true. I miss New York after like a day. I'm like, I'm ready but to go. It's funny. Yeah. We're like, man, I got to get out of the city. Mm-hmm. And then we're gone for a day. And then you're like, I'm over it's it. It's like, man, I miss seeing graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you miss most about the city? I don't know. That's like man, one of the first that things That was I a noticed. really interesting thing to miss. Like, I really miss uh, all this graffiti. I, it happened one time. So, like, when I flew back, I, like, got out of the airport, got on the train. I was like, man, look at that graffiti. <laughs> That's that some home. nice graffiti. I'm home. I'm home, I'm home baby. That's, that's you know. Yeehaw. I mean, you know, there's ways you know. We're like, I'm back. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as you hit that subway, like, I'm back. Not even. It's like when there's like yeah. the little jolt and you're yeah. like, oh, and all right. You get that New York City smell. Ooh, that. Pung- <laughs> oh, you know exactly what smell it is, too. Yeah. Piss. All right. It okay. mixed in with some like damp subway station. <laughs> uh-huh. You it's know, gross. it's gross. And then you're it's like, well, I'm back. Um, to to kind of change gears here a little bit, the one thing we did want to bring up was how music has been such a huge part of your life and how it's kind of driven a lot of the decisions that you've made today and it's really formed the core of who you are. Yeah. Um, I guess I, I trying to think back to like when it first, like I kind of realized like music was my jam, you know, and I, mm-hmm. no pun intended, I suppose. Um, <sighs> I didn't even. That one was good. Wow, I got that one right away. That was a good one. Props Mm. to that one. Um, It's kind of like it started uh, in middle school, I guess. With and you guys probably like this album, Lincoln Park. Mm, Uh, Love them. Hybrid Theory. (laughs) 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 So good. Right, and you know, imagine listening to that when you're in middle school and you're having like dramatic middle school days. Would you say? Yeah. Yes. Were, were were you into rock before that? No. I'm, so like that did, that was like your 2000s punk rock album that got yeah. you into like, rock music and like you wanted to play music. All right. I mean, so not only riot, is he into rock music, it's primarily metal music. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, I was I without was a say, doubt. I was gonna say because I get you on that because the Riot album by Paramore that was it for me. I okay. was like, I love rock music now. Right. Like, let's go. That you was guys a can't, great album. You guys can't see me, but I'm like doing like the rock horns. Right <laughs> if you're watching now. us on YouTube, you can see us. Oh God, I've been sitting here kind of scratching mm. my head. Um. <laughs> so this is amazing. we record with a camera every single time. I know. But back back to that Lincoln Park's <laughs> hybrid theory. Um, I would you know. Go home and listen to that album on repeat. That was the that was the first time I can remember an album where I listened to each song and I was like, each song is good. I like I love each one, um, and I would listen to it on repeat for hours. And really, just, yeah, and that was kind of like an escape, I suppose. Did that kind yeah. of fuel learning the guitar? So, <laughs> what fueled that was Guitar Hero. 
Oh my Are god! Are you serious? Yeah. Um, so I never knew this. Yeah. Uh, when I, you know, when I got into high school, I I stopped doing the jock thing. I did it for freshman year, and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. So over it. I found a small group of friends, and they were all like metalheads, you know. Like, and two of them played guitar, and everyone played Guitar Hero because it like just came out. Or, right. I think like Guitar Hero Two was out, and we started. Damn, I remember when that game came out. That was a true game changer. Everybody, three was my shit. Might as well, best one. That was the best one. Everybody you knew had it too. It wasn't just like a very isolated group of people. Right, Um, but you know, two of them were guitar players, so I was around that kind of like that culture, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and um, metal in particular. Most of the time, it's kind of written for guitar players or people that play the instruments. So you have, you know, drummers that are at the top of their craft, just like doing ridiculous things. Um, Guitar players, like really like pushing the limits, I guess. And I really liked that aspect of it. And then when you see your friends do like playing some of that Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, it's like naturally let me try that one. It's inspiring a bit because watching them seeing this craft, Mm -hmm. you want to do it, too. Yeah, I I remember I actually borrowed my friend's guitar. It was his. So I was like, let me just play with it for like a day. I didn't have an amp. So it was an electric guitar. (laughs) It was an electric guitar. So I didn't have an amp. And you didn't have an amp? No, I just took it home, laid on my bed, and like played around with it. (laughs) I was like, oh, pretty cool, man. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would have loved to have seen that. Damn. Missed Um, opportunity. Just to kind of see what it was about, because, you know, I guess the way my mind is, it's like, what what is this thing? What mm-hmm. is this alien thing? I must learn everything about, you know? Um, and I didn't actually buy my first guitar until I got out of high school, maybe like a year or two after. Oh, wow. Did you ever take professional lessons? No. Um, I kind of want to now, um, but basically self-taught, so I've been on and off for maybe, I guess, 10 years, oh, wow. I suppose. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. Me too, man. Okay. 2008. I hear you playing sometimes. Oh, good. look uh. at y'all. <laughs> hey, you'll get a kick out of this. Um, So you, you play mostly like electric, right? Yeah. So I have an electric guitar, and back in the day when I was younger, I broke the G string, okay? Mm-hmm. And I went to go put a string. It's Shut a, up! It's a real thing. Alyssa. It's a real thing, Alyssa. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't be able to say yeah, that. Sorry, <laughs> I have the mind of like a ten-year-old sometimes. And I think maybe I was like fourteen at the time, and I put a B string on the G string spot, mm-hmm. and it did not work out well for me. <laughs> it was like really stupid. I like really thought it could work. <laughs> But I figured you'd appreciate the story. Yeah, Are the uh, strings actually different like that? They're like, all, yeah, they're like yeah. different thickness. Yeah. Ah, so, so happened, the more you know. What happened to that string? Well, um. So that's a thinner string. Let's than... be let's be realistic. I have not played that guitar since. Um, <laughs> I want to see that. Did you have? Is it that the there? one you got rid of? Is it I don't. Back home? It's it's back home. It's a pink electric guitar. Ah, I also have a pink ooh. sparkly acoustic guitar. Yeah, you do. You should bring the electric. I want to see that thing. That one would be interesting. Maybe I can get my mom to bring it for yeah, Thanksgiving. That'd be cool. Hey, mom, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, no, this will come out after Thanksgiving. Just kidding. Well, It'll be around Christmas. Well, that's kind of what I did. When I moved to New York, I didn't bring my guitar with me. I had no idea I was going to stay here. So I just brought like a little suitcase. Oh, you no. You brought just a little suitcase? I oh, a suitcase, no. You know, and I was living in my best friend's uh, room for like a month. When I really? Got yeah. And God bless his soul. He was very patient. Because I'm a loud sleeper, but <laughs> oh <laughs> my god, is he a snorer? Uh, yes, I, it's not that loud. Uh, sometimes I, mean... I sleep at the wrong angle. 
Oh my god, it's so funny. The wrong sleeping angle. You know what I'm talking about. I've definitely recorded the snores because yeah. it, the mouth is open. It's, uh, yeah. Like that. It's yeah. so bad. Right. Well, but it's like a deeper. <laughs> I can't do it because my voice is not deep. It's like a what deep, are we talking about? deep snore. How did we get here? How did we get here? I have no idea. You How were sleeping did we in get Dina's room. Here? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I used no, to I got know it. I got you it. so uh, well. What? It's beautiful. <laughs> it's um, so great. I didn't you know bring... that was garbage. <laughs> I didn't bring my guitar until maybe like a year or two after I moved here. Um, so it was like a, reu- a reuniting. Kind oh wow! Of thing. So you didn't play for like I didn't play a for while. like two years when I moved here. It you was... didn't just like go to guitar center sometimes and like just pick up the guitars. Maybe like once or twice, but really, I, it's one of those things where it's like, man, I miss my. my you miss guitar. your baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I guess I'm weird, and I'm like a private person with that. So I like to just be in a room and do it. I don't want to see people. I get that though, because whenever I play. I play a lot when there's not people home. Right. Just because mm. I get a little bit self-conscious. Absolutely. And you I just like... want to express without fear or judgment. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get you on that because I'll play stuff for Alyssa sometimes. Like, yo, I just learned this. This is dope. Check it. And I'm like shaking. He's always shaking. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'm like, and every time it's so good. And I see it. I'm like, why are you even nervous yeah. right now? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to impress you. You definitely said it like that too sometimes where you yeah. get all high pitched. No, I'm just going to put the guitar away. <laughs> oh my God. But you were also in a band. I was in a band. You were in a straight up metal band. Don't think you're getting out of here without discussing this. I would, I would love to. Let's talk about it. Um, so the band was called Peregrine, which is just the Peregrine bird, like a falcon. <laughs> A falcon, peregrine falcon. How did you think peregrine uh, was like well, the name here's for the, the thing. band? Here's the, the issue. And I assume many bands had this problem, but we couldn't think of a name. Uh, yes, uh, my band had that you, problem. You know exactly. We like went like. through like five different names. Right. So We spent like a year and a half. <laughs> it's <laughs> very hard. We would have, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah. A year and a half? We, we would have meetings. Like, <laughs> like You would have, have meetings? Like, we'd have like a, white, like a whiteboard and be like, all right, guys, here's a list. I hate each one of them. And then like do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, whatever. Let's get together next week and talk about it. What were some of the names that were like a hard no? Do you remember any um, of them? It's hard to remember. I know a few that I liked. Would and back, those would be back then. And those would be to be clear. I liked back then. Well, how so, how many years ago was it? <laughs> about f- six years. Okay. I had and Buddy will laugh. Whatever his name is, <laughs> uh, ascend from madness. Metal band names are funny. Yeah, I don't want you to freak out. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Ascend from Madness? Yeah, it was bad. Um, I also wore cargo shorts a lot back then, too. I so know. I wasn't making a lot of good decisions all around. Wait, cargo me. shorts were a hard note. There are photos of oh, him. Maybe no. we'll post one for the promo on the Instagram for this week's. Oh, I know the perfect photo. <laughs> I actually have one of him in cargo shorts with a faux hawk. Oh my god! Playing his guitar yeah, in their band. I used to, well, I had a faux hawk a little bit, and then a mohawk. You're interested. How did you go <laughs> from faux hawk to like lumberjack hipster? Uh. This is <laughs> That's an accurate description of him, uh. though. Is a lumberjack hipster, yeah. even though he hates the term. <laughs> As hipster. he strokes his beard, like I yeah, know. You're right. Look at him. I love this photo of him it's you in the band and you were so proud i could tell in that photo like you were so proud to be wearing your cargo shorts and your hair in a bohawk <laughs> like you know in that moment you were like i look good with this guitar playing was it the tennis one 
Not the tennis one, but that's also a solid uh, one of man. you wearing all the tennis yeah, gear. We did like a Halloween show, and we were like, what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> they, I were, don't know. they wore sweatbands. <laughs> we just got a bunch of headbands. We're like, we're tennis players. Fuck <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but how how long was the band um, together for? Um, so it started as, I guess, like a sort of just like a jam kind of thing. Like, you know, a, a good friend of mine, the, that small group of friends in high school, you know, we just started to play like in my parents' basement. <laughs> and bless their heart, they allowed us to have drums in the basement. God. Those things are loud, as I'm sure you know. Um, I'm sure your mom would have my, loved those sessions. My dad would put headphones on upstairs. My Are you mom, serious? Yeah, they're like, well, Scotty wants to do it. So. <laughs> Scotty uh, wants to do it. But it started like uh, like a jam band, and then we eventually were like, you know, we should maybe try to play a show or two. That, that'd be kind of cool, right? That's what people do. Um, so we got a little serious, and then you know we had to find a singer. And there are certain things that are in... Uh, plenty of supply and then some things that are rare so a good drummer is one yes um and a lot of drummers are like i got seven bands <laughs> like i'm playing for eight different projects a good drummer is like a rare thing it's yeah. very hard to find a good drummer like we struggled right we had just one disappear on us it's really left they ghosted you <laughs> ghosted because it's a whole like logistical thing too like where do you mm. where do you practice with this giant drum set mm -hmm. who's gonna let you have that noise true you have to get like a private space most of the time um where, yeah. whereas you know like a guitar player i can just go hide in my room true and so and and a singer as well is pretty rare so especially a metal singer right and <laughs> um yeah it's it's hard to find somebody that can make it sound good and i know there's some people out there that it'll never sound good to um someone screaming like that but there is music in there i promise <laughs> There is music in there. There, I there is. I've heard some of the ones that you think are terrifying, but they're mm -hmm. not as terrifying you know, as you think that they are. There's different levels of of metal. But this music changed your life, so to speak. Like you are very passionate about not just metal music, mm -hmm. but also rock music and how music has given you confidence and and kind of brought you up, so to speak. Sure, and you know any type of music, I'm I'm open to you know and i think everyone should be they kind of owe it to themselves because you don't really know what you like until you hear it and you're like that's that shit right there you know <laughs> that's that shit um <laughs> i listen to a lot of rap as well a lot of like i try to branch out and uh do things that are not necessarily in my wheelhouse i suppose but for the most part i stick to what i like mm -hmm. um but the process of like learning how to play the guitar and to, I guess, form a band and try to make some kind of music with people is something I naturally took to, I suppose. Um, and, you know, you find things that you never knew you had within you when you start doing stuff like that, especially when, you know, you go on stage for the first time. I'm sure you're, you were like, man, this is crazy, right? But mm -hmm. it also probably felt right. And, yes. You know, like it wasn't a struggle. Um, well... Well, maybe not. We were very awkward for like our first ever show. And I like talked too much. I was like, hi guys. And I like talked like really high pitched voice. Like, <laughs> well, if, the first one, you're so nervous. If, if you ask, if you ask the guys, they're like, yeah, <laughs> it was not good. Right. Um, yeah. And that's something I was surprised with because when I went on stage to play guitar, I was not, you know, nervous or scared about it. But bring me on to like do a book report in front of eight kids in school and i'm like my face is red i can't handle it and i'm nervous mm -hmm. so it's like wow okay i guess i'm not just a nervous person it's just certain things and right turns out guitar is where i can 
I guess, come to life a little bit. You can express yourself in a way that you can't do right. with words. Exactly. Would you say that being in a band has helped you kind of get to where you're at in your career today? I only ask this question because you said something interesting um, about performing and being able to go in front of people and kind of just completely be yourself sure. and express yourself in a way that is true to who you are as a core, as your core. And now that you manage over 20 different people, you before used to manage a whole band. Now you can take those skills and kind of translate them in, into your job. Right. So to speak. Um, I think there's a lot of benefits to, to doing something you're passionate about. And, you know, it's the same with what you guys are doing here. You know, you, you're doing a podcast just because you said you want to. And, you know, we started that band because we wanted to. And it's a mindset thing. So if mm -hmm. you believe that, you know, this is something I can do or, you know, should do, then it, all it takes is the effort. I guess. and But that's also the hardest part to it, you know? Of course. And, you know, um, it obviously translates to a lot of things. So if you go to, you take it into the workplace, you know, you have this confidence all of a sudden because you know what can happen when you just, <laughs> it's very emotional. You know what can happen when you believe in yourself um, and then a rainbow flies by, <laughs> um, you know? It's like that SpongeBob rainbow when he's like, <laughs> his hands come apart. Um, and also, you know, for the, guitar itself for me just being patient with myself because it takes a lot of time to get good mm -hmm. um especially if you're self-taught um and you know no shame to people that don't uh that get lessons i'm gonna get some myself probably but you know it teaches you a lot about yourself to you know if you just stay the course uh, you can learn any kind of you know be it like a technique on the guitar um and you know if you have that within you then obviously you can take that anywhere mm -hmm. you can go to the workplace and own it just because you know like i'm about that life you're able to do one thing now you can tackle mm -hmm. the next mm -hmm. thing right i love that i think that's a great way to kind of bring up our last segment here before we close out okay what we're running out of time <laughs> i know we are actually running out of time I know. We, um, are. we are we are but as we do for season two, our closing segment is called How Do You Keep It Together? We have been kind of honing in on this every episode that for season two, we really wanted to kind of go back to our roots and understand how everybody else keeps it together. Because at the end of the day, nobody knows half the shit of what we're doing in life. But there's always something that kind of grounds you and actually helps you keep it all together when life seems to be falling apart. Mm -hmm. um, so, Scott... How do you keep it together? Wow, that was very dramatic. I know. You were dying to do that <laughs> I was part. so dying. <laughs> um, well, some of the stuff we talked about a little bit. So, honestly, music is its crazy for me. Uh, it's um, something that really takes me out of the day. And um, it helps a lot. And not only that, but being able to have a small, I guess, group of friends to rely on as well. Um, you know, people that it's a like a mutual level of respect kind of thing and they want to see the best out of you. Mm -hmm. If you have a group of people like that with you, you, you can do anything, you know, and it's very hard to do it on your own. And I found that out kind of, you have to find things out the hard way. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the more I kind of go in my years, I'm 31 now, the more I realize that you shouldn't be doing it alone. You can, you know, find these people out there that can help you live your best life, I suppose. And that's kind of, you know, how I stay gro grounded. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess also um, always just pay attention to yourself as well. 
So, you know, you're not always going to be in one mood, you know? True. Um, you can be happy, you can be depressed, you can be sad, you can realize what's happening and kind of move through it and understand that uh, people are a complex kind of machine, I suppose. Um, I, this is a weird answer, I suppose. This Damn, is this is a great like answer. answer. What? <laughs> this is very, like, in-depth. This is a ready. great answer. Yeah. Um, I guess that's how I keep it together because you should be aware of that kind of thing, you know, and it's it's a challenge and you have to be diligent with your own mindset and your psyche, I suppose. Um, I love all of this. You have to guard your mental health, you know, mm-hmm. um, just as you would your physical self as well. Um, I would say the mental is almost more important because uh, that controls a lot. You can think yourself into sickness, you know. Oh, yeah. That happens all the time. Your brain tricks your body and your right. body mimics those symptoms. And if all if you have people around you that are keeping you positive, then naturally you're going to have positive mindset and, you know, you can do anything with that kind of thing. So that's how I kind of, that's the lane I would like to stay within, you know. Wow. I love that answer. <laughs> that was so good. I was not expecting that at all. That was really good. What were you expecting? I honestly don't, I don't know. know. But I think he just helped some people today. I I feel like that did. <laughs> wow. That really helped me. It's been a rough day. <laughs> Damn. Well, Scott, that was a great answer. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I was so nervous. I know you were. Like, if you couldn't tell at the beginning of the show, I was like jumping out of my seat nervous i don't understand why you were so nervous it's just one of those things you know now my personal life is out there not that much we literally talked nothing about you i know thank god (laughs) i just want to let you know that right now you can't go anywhere now that you've come on the show (laughs) i mean Um, i didn't plan on it well on that note (laughs) thank you again scott for coming on it does it truly means a lot for you to come on and share your story so openly and so candidly. So thank you for having me. Thank you. And our listeners. Thank you. Thank you. I had a great time. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, guys, for listening to episode 2.6. Once again, my name is Alyssa. I'm Sabrina. Thanks for keeping it together with us this week. And we'll see you back next week. Episode 2.7. Keeping it together. I'm sure it's what it takes to.